Marx is one of the greatest villains in Kirby history, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate makes him even better. With a first appearance dating back to Kirby Superstar and the later DS remake of Superstar Ultra, this antagonist perfectly represents a theme strong within the franchise. Don't trust appearances. As anyone who has played Milky Way Wishes will tell you, this adorable jester-themed character becomes seriously sinister after gaining control of Planet Popstar to become an all-powerful monster. So much of this boss battle is therefore built around the central motif, from his attack pattern to his crazed smile. Therefore, when Smash Ultimate included the character as a boss in both the World of Light and Classic modes, the dev team had to make sure he lived up to this expected characterization. And after playing through all instances of the boss, I'd gladly say that Smash Ultimate remains true to Marx's history from the Kirby series, while also strengthening his maniacally creepy theming. So today, let's look at just how Sakurai and his team beautifully adapted such an iconic boss across over 22 years of history. Right out the gate, it's easy to draw comparisons between the two fights. Which makes sense, because HAL Laboratory played into both games' development. But I think the similar designs of the two titles also solidifies this idea. In the Kirby series, the central mechanic focuses around the notion that Kirby could bring any assortment of different copy abilities to a fight. This leads to a lot of open-ended and inclusive design in the fights, since they have to account for such a variation of different Kirbys. That same concept applies to the Smash version of Marks as well. While he is the intended boss for Kirby's classic mode, playing as other characters, such as Inkling or Rosalina and Luma, also results in the same end fight. Take World of Light into account, and the choices for battling marks grow even wider, with such open-ended design philosophies and robust movesets. Crossing marks over faithfully becomes much easier than, say, Ganon from the Legend of Zelda series, who has a large amount of differently designed iterations to adapt into one representation. For this reason, Ultimate gets the groundwork of a near-perfect Mark's recreation, which they can use to build upon his strengths. So, how does Ultimate's team enhance their version of Mark's to make him even greater? Well, for one, this interpretation fleshes out his moveset while still keeping the same spirit. So many of his old attacks make an appearance, including his four crescent projectiles, all the times he spits out lasers, and even ripping himself in half to tear open a black hole. However, newcomers join his rotation as well. Now he's a fan of leaking black spheres from soulless eyes that bounce around the screen to harm you. Or maybe even growing those same eyes multiple sizes larger to fire off a web of purple lasers. They're terrifying. And it completely works. What's great about how the game handles these attacks is that they circle back to the idea of Marx's insanity. They keep the same grim appearance that we're used to seeing from the character in moves like when he rips himself in two in Superstar while also fitting the needs of a Smash Bros. boss. With a platform fighter with as much mobility as this series, the bosses need to hit on a wide range with plenty of coverage, and both of these attacks do that to great effect. So, if Marx's attack set fits the bill for our expectations, then the presentation bump definitely adds atop the aesthetic. Granted, this might seem like a pretty obvious point, the greater technology in a 2018 release should definitely outclass what we see in a Super Nintendo game from 1996. But I actually think the presentation here goes deeper than that. For starters, the 3D render allows for a level of surrealism in the details that further represents his character. Take a look at his eyes in comparison between the two fights. 
The added depth and ultimate makes his bug-eyed appearance all the more intimidating, especially because he isn't the biggest fan of blinking. Moreover, added animation tweaks like his quivers when he chuckles and the grotesque stretch on his face when he spits up attacks makes the whole battle all the more unsettling, which I think is perfect for a Mark's fight. Partner this with a fantastic recreation of his original theme, and the whole battle gets the proper packaging to be all that much creepier. But if we're to look at where the fights really compare, we've got to take a closer read into their endings. In the Superstar set of games, after landing that final hit on Marks, you send the psychopathic foe on a collision course to the broken down head of Nova. The two explode in a bright white light that fills up the screen, and Kirby ends the campaign victorious. Contrast this with how the battle in Smash Ultimate goes. Taking his health bar down to zero, he tumbles back with one last laugh before rubber banding around the screen, ricocheting like a DVD screensaver. Finally, he lands face down, and the purple flame leaves the poor guy to his regular form. What I think is interesting about this ending is Ultimate, in comparison to what we see in the original Kirby series, is that it plays much more to the idea of Marks being possessed, or perhaps in some regard, redeemable. While there is nothing inherently wrong with this conclusion in Milky Way Wishes, it gives a satisfying end to the campaign story. I'd argue that Smash's final note with the character seems much more emblematic of a Kirby series boss. If we look at series favorites like Meta Knight and King DDD, both of those characters are possessed and controlled in some way, shape, or form constantly in the series. It's a staple of the franchise that answers the earlier note of don't trust appearances with a hopeful chance of redemption, or at least merciful justice for these characters. And when we have a repeat use of a Kirby villain like Marks in this case, I'm always happy to see the ending handled more in this tone. And really, I think it's fantastic to get such a reminiscent and faithful return to Marks in 2018. Because if we look at his other appearance from that same year, I'd venture it's not as fitting. I'm referring to his appearance as a dream friend and Kirby Star allies. And don't get me wrong, I like this version of Marks quite a bit too, but for different reasons. My point here is that, in terms of representing his history with the series, in my mind, Ultimate wins here. After all, he does play one of the most recognizable Kirby villains in one of Kirby's most famous games. So, having him show up as an ally doesn't quite play into his antagonistic history. Moreover, the creepy undertones he's famous for are toned down with his facial expression not always being a terrifying smile, as well as his ability to switch between his true and limited forms at whim. And hey, I'll fully admit that this wasn't intended to replace Marks as an antagonist. Like the rest of the Dream Friends, it's more so a nod to the series' cast of characters than faithful recreations of their personalities. Honestly, it does its job well, and he plays like a fun time. But if you were to ask me which of the two referential appearances fits more to his character, I'll choose Smash Ultimate's approach as a boss any day. Plus, I think there's just something so great about Masahiro Sakurai's return to designing marks, delivering us one of the character's best inclusions in his over two decade long history.